0: My name is Christian, and I'm Rob, and this is Faith 168. There are 168 hours
1: in every week, and in those 168 hours, we need Jesus to make it through. So join us every week as we share devotions, talk about standing boldly in the Word of God, and answer tough questions
0: submitted by you, our listeners. Welcome to to Faith Faith 168. Good morning,
1: good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, we thank you for joining us on Faith 168 Podcast. Thank you so much for being with
0: us today. Brother Christian, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, Brother Rob. I'm glad to be here again and record another episode. I know it's been a hectic summer. We've both been pretty busy. You're going through a lot of changes in your life and the ministry that God has called you to, and we've had an extremely busy camp year this year, uh, and so I'm blessed, and I'm glad to be back to where we can both sit down and actually record a couple episodes together. But today as we talk, we're going to look at the book of Philippians, and more specifically chapter 4, verse 4 through 13, and we're going to talk about contentment. And I think what we're seeing in society today is a lack of contentment. Mm. And however that has come about, there's many different things we can talk about. We can talk about the fact that we live in a consumer-driven society where we're constantly being told we need something new. We need something better. Just when you get the new cell phone the best cell phone that's out and you're just getting used to that a year later they got the next best cell phone and saying there's telling you that you have to buy this one or you're going to be left behind or even with our vehicles every time you buy a vehicle there's always going to be a new model the next year that they're telling you that you need to get and so this lack of contentment contentment that we're seeing in the world. There's many different ways to see how we've gotten there. But what we should do as Christians is find contentment first and foremost in God. And I think one of the best passages to read to understand this, and Paul actually talks about this quite often, not just in Philippians, but Philippians chapter four is a great passage about contentment in all situations. So many times we go to Philippians 4.13 and we remember that extremely quoted verse, which is a great verse. It applies to a lot of things and it even applies to some ways that we somewhat misuse it because it's still true in the understanding, but we're going a little bit away from the context that Paul uses it in Philippians chapter 4. So today, if you haven't figured it out already, We're glad to be here. I'm glad to be back with Rob, and we're talking about contentment. And I'm going to go ahead and pass it back over to Rob and let you start out with Philippians 4, verse 4 through 5. Absolutely. So the Word of God says, rejoice in the
1: Lord uh, always. I will say it again, rejoice. Uh, Let your uh, graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. And so this is just a, a beautiful uh, scripture and a, a great way to start out contentment. How do we stay content uh, in everything? H- how are we able to to live a life that is um, full of gratitude? And, and how do we live a life that is always uh, being satisfied not by uh, the things around us as, as you mentioned, or the latest technologies and, and all of this stuff, but but by God and the, the way we do that is is by maintaining a, um, an attitude of gratitude of, of rejoicing. and so we rejoice in God. Why do we rejoice in God? And, and, and this is a maybe a silly question to ask, but it's it's one that we need to be reminded of every day. Uh, The word of God says that his mercies are renewed to us every day. We have to remember that apart from Jesus, apart from his work on the cross, there is nothing for us to rejoice in. There there is no good thing inside of us. Uh, In in Romans, Paul talks about how we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And because of that, we all deserve the wrath of God. Yet, uh, while we were afar off, while we were... Uh, Yet sinners, Christ died at the right time for the ungodly, Um, that because of his goodness and his his graciousness and his love for us, he has died uh, for us and he's been raised to new life to give us the newness of life. And because of that, we can rejoice when we have a lot. We can rejoice when we have a little. And that's what we're going to look at um, throughout Paul's writings Uh, as we continue to look today is, is that there are going to be times where Paul is blessed to have a lot, but there's going to be times where he's not so blessed, where, where he has to do, uh, with very little, uh, where he Mm -hmm. goes hungry or whether he's full, uh, but he is content in knowing that his redeemer lives, that he is saved, that he is, um, that, that the Holy spirit is working all things together in him for together for good. Um, Mm -hmm. Even if it's not um, always clear on the outside that it's good, everything God is doing in us is, is for our good. Uh, it's for his good and for the good of those around us. And so the, the best thing that we can do is to, to rejoice, to praise God every day. And I, I'll tell you, Brother Christian, if, if there's a day that, that I go by without praising God, um, I, I'm really good. About about praying every day, um, I, I'm really good uh, about uh, reading God's word. But but something that I tend to forget to do more often uh, than anything else is is praise God. But when I forget to praise God, um, it, it seems like some of the the joy and and the peace of God um, is off of me that day. It's just something is off, and it's because. It's in that rejoicing and knowing and remembering what God has done for me and how much he loves me and what he's doing in my life and, and through me uh, that that I can remember that I have a blessed hope, that I have right. peace uh, that passes all understanding, as we're going to talk about in a, in a few minutes. Um, and then after we rejoice, we need to, to show grace as, as God has shown grace towards us and one of the, the greatest uh, thefts uh, of joy in my life is when I fail to show graciousness or when I fail to be gracious to others. And so when I uh, when I hold people to a, a higher standard than I ought to, um, I, I tend to to take that peace away from myself uh, because even though I'm holding somebody else to a higher standard, it's causing internal, uh, problems in, inside of me, um, that the other person might not ever know about. And so if I'm gracious towards other people and I'm gracious towards myself, and that's something we have to do as well. We can't forget to be gracious for our, to ourselves because we're, we're fallen people. We're, we're humans. Um, and, and we're still struggling with the, the flesh. Paul says, sometimes I, I do the things I don't want to do. And I, I don't do the things that I, I know that I should do. Um, what a wicked man that I am, and and so sometimes we have to be gracious with ourselves, uh, but we have to understand that that God is near; He is always with us, and He's never going to leave us or forsake us. And that brings peace. Um, what do you have to to say about that, Brother Christian?
0: Yeah, I understand completely what you were just saying about sometimes you can wake up and it's easy to to get into prayer. It's easy to read scripture. And when I say easy, it's still, you know, there's oh, yeah. draws away from that. But we intentionally get up in that time of prayer. We intentionally focus on reading the word of God. But in the culture that we live in today, when we focus on the affairs of this world, it's easy to stop rejoicing, yeah. especially rejoicing in the Lord, because, yeah. We have a different focus when it comes to our joy. If we look to the world for joy, we're never going to really rejoice during this time. Yeah. But contentment starts with rejoicing in the Lord, specifically in the Lord, not just rejoicing, not just jumping up and down, not clapping your hands. We can rejoice in many different ways, but Paul is very specific in saying rejoice in the Lord always. And when we rejoice in the Lord, that brings to mind God's character, that brings to mind God's faithfulness in all situations, that no matter whether you have a lot or whether you have a little, or whether you're having a bad day, whether you're having a good day or just a mediocre day, you remember that God is faithful and that he is there with you always. And so Paul reminds us to rejoice in the Lord always. And he says, I will say it again rejoice. Because when we get into that mode of rejoicing in the Lord, just like we read about in the book of James, talking about rejoicing during our trials, we rejoice during our trials because we know that God is faithful. He was there with us on the mountaintops and he has been with us as we traveled down into the valley and he's going to remain with us when we are in the valleys. Of our life. So rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say it rejoice. And this rejoicing leads to contentment. This rejoicing leads to prayer. This rejoicing leads to a deeper relationship with God. And this joy leads to peace. And we'll go on to the next part where it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. Paul continues, Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And one of the biggest things that we see here is we go from this mode of rejoicing in the Lord always, whether it's in your bad times or whether it's in your good times. And we're told the next thing is that we don't need to worry about anything. And the fastest way to quit rejoicing or to lose joy or get down in the dumps is to start worrying about things. How am I going to pay my rent or my car payment? How am I going to afford to live in this economy? How am I going to? This has been one that I've been dealing with lately. How do I fill up my gas tank without taking out a... Small loan. There's so many things in this world that we can worry about. And when we start to worry about those things, it takes away from our rejoicing. It takes away from our peace. And Paul specifically says in this time, after you get done rejoicing, or not after you get done, but as you continue to right. rejoice, remember, don't stop. Don't worry about anything. Don't let anything come in the way. And when he says don't worry about anything he he's not saying just act like nothing's happening around you but he says this don't worry about anything but in everything whatever is going on around you whatever is good in your life whatever is bad in your life through prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god yeah. and that's when his peace that surpasses all understanding is not only going to guard your hearts but it's also going to guard your mind because usually what what affects how our heart is going to work is what we're thinking about first. It starts with the mind, and what the mind is thinking about will definitely affect how the heart reacts to things. But I see in Psalms chapter fifty-five, verse twenty-two. Where the psalmist says, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. That's a promise of God that we can call upon. That's a promise of God that we can remind ourselves of when we face these different trials in life. When it seems hard to feel like we have any contentment or we have any peace. We can find it in the fact that God will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Another great passage is Matthew chapter 6, verse 30 through 33. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown in the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you therefore don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own and then finally in verse uh, in first uh, peter chapter 5 verse 6 through 7 he writes humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of god so that he may exalt you in the proper time casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. We have a God that's faithful. We can rejoice in him and always rejoice because we know that he's going to walk with us. And we know that no matter what we're facing, that we can talk to him about it. And not only talk to him about it, but we can expect that he is going to take care of his children. Now, here's the catch. He's going to take care of his children. That's the catch. If if you're not catching on to what I mean by that, he's going to take care of his children. If you are not his child, his first priority in your life is to bring, bring that peace and that joy into your life. Right. But it first comes through putting your faith in Christ. He it, we read in Psalms right there, he will not allow the righteous to be shaken. And the righteous are those that are washed in the blood of Christ. If you're That's not right. a part of the kingdom of God, if you're not his child, you can pray for better finances, you can pray for that better car, that bigger house. But what's going to happen is God is going to focus on the biggest problem in your life that is stealing your joy and that is stealing your peace. It's the fact that you have sin that has not been resolved. You have a debt that has not been fully paid. And we he wants to focus on that first. So if you're wondering why God isn't with you in your trials and your tribulations, it's because there's a bigger trial and tribulation he's trying to deal with. And again, as we look at these things, cast all your cares on him because he cares about you. This isn't saying that he's going to come into your life and he's going to wipe out problems. In fact, that's not what Paul is talking about at all in Philippians chapter four. What he's talking about is that he will be in the midst of your problem. Mm -hmm. The waves will still crash around you, but he's going to, just like he did with Simon Peter, rise you up, raise you up right above the waves and help you walk over those problems, help you walk over those situations. So they're still there, but he gives you peace. He gives you joy. He gives you understanding in those trials. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know,
1: brother, I, um, I, I think of... Uh, psalms chapter 23 when i think about these things so you know what some of the things we're talking about is don't worry about anything and uh instead pray about everything with thanksgiving and and let your requests be known to god um and then there's a peace that surpasses understanding which kind of um is one of those things that's hard to think about um but I, i get questioned often uh, by people who are in my circle, you know, why, how are you not discouraged by certain situations? So for example, when, uh, when our church attendance is low, for example, yesterday, we had a, a poor, poorly attended, uh, service and, uh, people will ask me, how are you not discouraged? Um, when when these things happen or or how are you not discouraged when something doesn't go your way or or you don't get that break or, or different things like that? And the only thing that I can say is that um, that I trust, I trust that God holds tomorrow. Uh, and if he holds tomorrow, then then no weapon form against me can prosper. And so is it going to is tomorrow going to be easy? Probably not. But I know the God who's going to carry me through it uh and so it it's a a piece that passes understanding and it's because of things like this i want to read this from the uh king james version we usually use the christian standard but the king james version says this beautifully i i want to read this uh psalm chapter 23 uh verses 4 and 5 yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death how many times have have we felt like we've been there whether we were just wallowing in self pity or whether we were really going through uh, hell on earth. And, and we thought, man, I'm going through death's door. I, I, it, it's got to be close. Um, this is what the psalmist says. He says, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Uh, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anoint my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. How can we trust? Um, trust Jesus um, when all hell is breaking loose around us. How can we uh, not worry about those gas prices? Because let me tell you, um, we're getting a little bit of break here in Arkansas. I think I paid. Oh, no, uh, not over here. <laughs> I think I paid three eighty five last night, which was amazing. Um, it's sad that that was amazing, but but that was yeah. amazing. Um, but uh, but how can how can we take peace when? Um, or, or have peace and, and not worry when uh, it's costing three, $400 more a month to live than it was a year ago um, because we know who holds tomorrow, who, who's, right. who's holding our hand. Uh, and so the, when we do that, when we trust in that, when we understand that, um, it's like a weight just easily falls off of my shoulders. And I can't ex- explain it, uh, but I know that you can experience it. Uh, because I have, um, even in the middle uh, of great, great sorrow, great trouble, great persecution. And uh, and I, I've, I've still seen it. And uh, so that leads us on to, uh, to the next set of verses uh, that I'm going to read for us. I'm going to read verses 8 and 9. It says, finally, uh, brothers and sisters, uh, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, uh, whatever is commendable. Uh, if there is uh, any, uh, moral if there's any moral excellence, if there is any moral excellence, and there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. And so we're encouraged. So first, uh, he tells us to rejoice, uh, and and do it again. Rejoice and rejoice some more be gracious with everybody we come into contact with, not worrying about anything because God is going to provide for everything. And then how do we stay on that level of of having that peace of God by focusing on what is good? Let me tell you, there are things in my life right now that I could focus on that aren't that good, Uh, or at least um, maybe they're not bad, but they're, they're just not the way that I would like them to be, uh, uh, there um, is, uh, for example, there's some uh, debts that I have. There are um, some some people in my in my life that um, are um, that make things difficult. Uh, there are uh, different situations in my life. There are different uh, ideas that pop into my head. That if I dwell on those things. They will consume me all day long. And I have wasted many a days being consumed by ideas and, and people and things that are bringing me down. However, when I focus on what is good and what, is, what God is doing and what he has done and what I can see that he's going to do, and I dwell on these praiseworthy things, it, it, is, it is so much more enjoyable. And and not only is my life more enjoyable, but other people enjoy to be around me more. Uh, Natalie loves it a lot more when I'm uh, when I'm at peace than I when I'm dwelling on all the, these negative things because I'm easier to get along with uh, because I'm just a, a joyful person. Uh, when we're worried all the time, uh, something that happens to me is I, I get migraines, and when I get migraines uh my my brain gets stuck. I don't know how to explain it other, other than that. And so so I get stuck on and it's usually the negative. And so when I get a migraine, I get stuck on the negative. And then I'm usually that's when I'm most not fun to be around. You could probably talk to Dally about that and, and and Brother Christian might have a, a few examples of that as well. But um but but man, when I focus on those negative It's just everything inside of me. Like I feel bad uh, physically, uh, emotionally, spiritually. uh, But when I dwell on the things that I I know that God is doing and what he's already done for me, it's just the weight is lifted off my shoulders. And and I can just enjoy being around people. I can enjoy seeing what God is going to do. And even when when Satan tries to hit me with those flamey darts, uh, with 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 those um, the, the weapons that he is trying to, to hit me in my mind, uh, to, to try to hit me in my feet as I try to go for Christ. Um, they just fall off that when I have the armor of God on, um, he, he has no power over me. And so this, this is an um, amazing, um, Paul is giving, giving us some amazing advice here. And when we stay positive, when we focus our minds, um, Satan has no power over us. And we can, we can live for God and do amazing things. And we, we can have peace. Uh, Brother Christian, you want to add to that?
0: Yeah. I had this basketball coach in high school. He probably still remembers me as a honorary young man and not for reasons that are necessarily uh, that he could come to any other conclusion. I was a very honorary young man, but he taught me something very valuable when it came to playing the sport of basketball. And this actually was a lesson that I took to every sport that I played. And it was a unique position because he was my middle school basketball coach. And as soon as we moved up to high school, he became the high school basketball coach as well. So he was my coach for my whole basketball career pretty much. Yeah. But what he taught me was that when we got on the bus to go to another town or we were preparing for a game on our home court was that we needed to take some time to where we shut out the world around us Mm. and we focused on winning the game.
1: Mm.
0: He would say, envision the layup, envision the jump shot, envision yeah. the free throw, and see yourself making these things happen. See yourself winning a game. And when we got into that mindset of the positive things that could happen during the game, we went into that game ready to play. We had better better performance during those games. We had better teamwork during those games. We all went in there with a like mind, focused on something positive, shutting out the negativity of the world and going with the positive. I did that with basketball. I did that with football. I did that with weightlifting, anything that I got involved in before I get into these tournaments or these competitions, I focus on the positive. And it's the same thing with the military. When you're preparing for a mission or you're about to go and do something, you get together with all of your fellow soldiers and you talk to them and you talk about the positive aspects. You talk about the things that you're going to do. You get highly motivated and you get ready to go out there. You're not focused on what could go wrong. You're focused on what can go right. You're prepared for things to go wrong. You're prepared to overcome those things but you get motivated. You focus on the good things, the praiseworthy things. It's like that when we go into the spiritual battle as well. We're going to have times where the world makes it hard to rejoice. We're going to have times where the devil wants us to not have any contentment with whatever situation that we're facing. And one of the tools that Paul is giving us that God has revealed to Paul is that you need to start focusing on positive things. Yeah. You need to start focusing on praiseworthy things. Your mentality will affect how you proceed forward in this spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have to add to it.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff.
0: So uh, we got to, we got to stay positive. And in, in fact, I I can add something else. Actually, I'm sorry. I lied. Uh, <laughs> I'll <laughs> repent of that after we get off of this podcast, but We live in a very negative world. There's a lot of negative things going on around us. And one of the negative things as a Christian you might notice is that we see a lot of low numbers within congregations right now. And it's very easy to look out and see seven to ten people in your congregation. And that's what's showing up on a Sunday morning or Sunday evening. And it's easy to get into this point of thinking, why? Why is this happening? How can we see uh, any good coming from this? Is this the end of the church? And the simple answer is no. I've seen in scripture where Israel had only one prophet of Mm. the Lord and God still turned Israel around at that point with one person uh, being his ultimate servant during that time. But it's very easy to focus on the negative. And when we focus on the negative, we find it harder to perform and reach for the positive. And so it's very important to focus on that. But in Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 through 12 now, Paul continues saying, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly because once again, you renewed your care for me. You were in fact concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of need for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with little and I know how to make do with a lot in any and all circumstances. I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need and the secret brother Robbie is going to uh, share that with us here in a moment. But first and foremost is Paul talks about contentment often. He talks about it with Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 through 9. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out. If we have food and clothing, we will con- be content with these. And we have to understand what Paul went through. Paul starting out as Saul, seemed to have the world. He seemed to have everything. He was accepted. He was known in the community as a very notable figure because he was rounding up these dirty, rotten Christians and throwing them into jail and having them murdered on the side of the road for their, quote, unquote, blasphemy. But Paul, he went through a lot, and he talks about that sometimes in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 11-13. He says, Up to the present hour, we are both hungry and thirsty. This is talking about the situation that not only Paul was going through, but other Christians were going through. Yeah. Up to the present hour, we are both hungry and thirsty. We are poorly clothed, roughly treated, homeless. We labor working with our hands. When we are reviled, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we respond graciously. Even now, we are like the scum of the earth, like everyone's garbage. And Paul went from this figure that was accepted in society to becoming this figure that was rejected by the people that thought he was a a great young man one day. Then they were trying to kill him the next day. They were treating him like he was garbage. He went from being a prize uh, in Israel Uh, and for the Jews to being reviled by his own people. And so he comes to this conclusion that whatever situation I'm going to be in, because I've had a lot and I've had nothing. I've been full of life. I've been half dead on the side of the road. I brought nothing into this world. I'm going to take nothing out. So whatever situation I'm going to find myself in, I am content. Yeah. I am perfectly fine because I've got the best thing in the world. Something that surpasses clothing, something that surpasses food, something that surpasses being accepted by society. I am accepted and I am valued and I am saved by my Lord, Jesus Christ.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I like second Corinthians uh, chapter six, Paul, uh, once again is talking to the church at uh, Corinth and um he he's sharing with them uh an open uh dialogue of, of his affliction he he's sharing with them what he's gone through for them and he's saying you guys uh, you're I'm not holding withholding this from you but you're withholding it from me but listening to what uh some of the stuff that that he's gone through uh so that was uh, what you read was was his first letter. This is the second letter. So things haven't changed very much. It, right. Verse Second uh, Corinthians chapter six, uh, verses eight through ten, uh, through glory and dishonor, through slander and good report. So so people are are giving him glory, uh, and some people are giving him dishonor. Some people are slandering his name. Some people are giving good report on his uh, on his behalf, regarded as. Um, uh, deceivers, yet true. Some people are, are saying that, that he is uh, spreading a false gospel, but he's spreading the truth as unknown, yet recognized, as dying, uh, yet see we live, as being disciplined, yet not killed, as, as uh, grieved, uh, yet always rejoicing, as poor, uh, yet enriching many. And so he himself doesn't have very much, but what he's giving uh, is enriching the many through the spiritual realm as having nothing and yet possessing everything yeah. uh paul in other places will say uh he'll he 'll go through his laundry list of of all the good things that he had done and he 'll say it's it 's his it 's his dung it 's his, his poop it 's no good to him uh that his only boast is in jesus, and no matter what he goes through no matter how much he has or how little he has, he can say that he is blessed because he is a child of the king that he knows as going back to to psalms chapter twenty three the the last verse verse six says, "Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord." Forever, nothing can take that away from Paul, and nothing can take that away from us. And that leads us in, into the last bit uh, of of uh, Philippians chapter four, verse thirteen. I am able to do uh, all things through Him who th- who strengthens me. And so, what are these all things that we're able to do? We're able to do everything that God has called us to do. We're able to uh, to to trample against and over top of the gates of hell uh, as we storm them for the kingdom of God. We're able to to see souls saved and life changed because he strengthens us. We're able to, to, to feed the hungry and clothe the naked. We're able to do all these things, whether we have an abundance or we, whether we don't have very much, because it's Christ who gives us the, the strength to do all of these things. And because he is our strength, because he never leaves us or forsakes us, we have the ability to, to stand boldly no matter what comes. And so we have the ability to stand content. We have the ability to, to be uh to be happy and to 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 feel um to to feel peace that passes understanding and hope no matter what comes, because Christ is always with us and he's working all things together for our good, and we're able to do all things through him, as he strengthens us to go out and to do his work, and that's exactly what Paul was able to um, to do here, and that's exactly what what God is calling us to do. We we as Christians are to um, to to set examples. We are um, to to be the hands and feet, to be salt and light. We can't do these things if we're worried about everything that that Satan is throwing at us, everything that the world. Uh, is throwing at us. Jesus said, "If the if the world hated me, uh, a, a servant is no greater than his master. They're going to hate mm-hmm. you too, uh, and so this world is going to be after us. We're going to go through trials and tribulations and persecutions and and uh, and troubles because this world hates us because Satan hates us and and he wants uh, to to steal and to kill and to de- to destroy us. Uh, he he hates everything about us, and so we're going to go through these hard things." But no matter what comes, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And, and that is a, a beautiful, beautiful hope that we have, that, that nothing can right. stand against us, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that, that no matter uh, what mountain stands in front of us, um, that, that we have the ability, as Jesus said, in faith to say to that mountain to move, and it has to move. Not right. that it might move, but but if we're in faith in, in Christ and we say to a mountain to move, it's got to because it has to listen uh, to the authority of the name of Jesus. And so right. anything that we have in front of us, we can do. Anything that God sets in front of us, we can do. Why? Not because of my ability,
0: not because of my strength, but because it's Christ who strengthens me. And just like if you were to read john chapter 3 the verse that sticks out to you is john three sixteen, and it's likewise with philippians chapter 4 verse 13 is the verse that pops out to you it's quoted quite often we used to quote it all the time at yeah. our sports events and i think it still rings true in the fact that we would go out and we're going to win this game for the glory of god i can do all things through christ who strengthens me i can get through these physical battles That as long as I'm following Christ into these physical battles and doing this for his glory, I think it rings true, though it still somewhat misses the context of what Paul is getting to. But he says here, I am able to do all things, all things, no matter what that be, though his context is focused on contentment. He is specifically making sure this is understood that through Christ who strengthens me, I can do anything. I can overcome any obstacle. I can overcome poverty. I can overcome being rich because there is a problem sometimes with being rich. There's temptation in that that a poor person might never feel. But there's also someone in poverty that has temptations that maybe a rich person might uh, never feel. But either way, whatever situation he's in, he found the secret to contentment. That was by focusing on Jesus. In John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the, fi- the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. Mm. That is where we have to get to in our right. life with Christ. That is where we have to get to in our walk with Christ, is understanding that outside of Christ, we can do nothing. But in Christ, we can do everything. We can overcome these anxieties. We can overcome these depressions. We can overcome these trials. We can have a better day on our good days. And we can have peace when the waves are crashing around us. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because outside of Christ, you can do nothing. And contentment is simply in this realizing that you can do nothing, but realizing that Christ can do everything. That's right. That's true. And he cares for you. We already read that passage. Peter already talked about that. Give everything to him. Give all of your anxieties. That's the, the better translation, uh, yeah. not just toss all your cares on him. It The translation reads, Cast all your anxieties on him Mm -hmm. because he cares for you and he wants to take care of you in those moments, in those bad moments, in those good moments, in those mediocre moments. But I'd like to thank every single one of you today for tuning in with us and being a part of the Faith 168 podcast. That's all I have on Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 13. Do you have any closing statements, Brother Rob? Uh, Just remember.
1: Rejoice. And again, rejoice. And after rejoicing, be gracious. And after being gracious or while being gracious and while rejoicing, remember the good things that God has done for you. And remember that you can do anything that he puts before you as he strengthens you. Uh, We can't do anything without him, but with him, all things are possible. And, uh, And focus on him and his strength. And you will
0: have peace that surpasses understanding. So if you're a part of the church, I encourage you to go out and rejoice in the Lord always. And if you're not a part of the church, if you have not put your faith in Christ, I encourage you. That's the first step to finding true peace and true joy here in this world, putting your faith in Christ. Thank you all so much for joining us on the Faith 168 podcast today. We love you all, and we pray that God blesses you richly this week. We're going to go out and end the best way that we can in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you so much for this day and for all that you have blessed us with, and the fact that no matter what situations that we face, that we can find joy in you, that no matter how big... The problems that are before us are that you have already overcome this world. You have already overcome our problems. You have already delivered us from sin. And all we have to do is rest in your embrace. Yes, thank you. So, Father, we thank you so much for that promise. We thank you so much for the joy that you give us. And we thank you so much that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die on the cross for us so that we might find life eternal in him yes father be with us as we go throughout this week and help us to remember to find joy in you always help us to remember that we can do all things through you in jesus name i pray amen amen thanks for joining us today every week has its trials and tribulations and we want to encourage you to seek christ during those times we want to pray for you during those times
1: So look us up on Facebook by typing in faith168podcast and send us a message. It can be a prayer request or maybe you want us to answer a question that you've been contemplating. Just send us a message. Thank you so much for joining
0: us today. And we will see you again in 168 hours.